Kath, you know, from when we started from the hip, yeah, we always said we had to do an episode about food because we we are self-proclaimed foodies. And I think foodie <laughs> can be a wanky term, but it's not because when you genuinely are one and you bloody love food as we do, yeah. and we are also really good cooks. Which we can proudly we say. Mind saying so ourselves. Well, we can because we're in our fifties and we can say that stuff. Yeah, fuck it. Kath and Mish from the hip. So this is an episode about food, everybody. Woohoo! And if you want to engage with us at any point in time, well, you know where all the bits are that you can engage on. You can send us messages on Instagram. You can, if you're a Facebooker, which I'm not, but Kath is, mm. you can um, write little anecdotal things. Yeah, tell us about like. your food experiences. Yeah, if you really want to, or, or we journeys, might read it, or, or we memories, might not. we might completely <laughs> ignore you. <laughs> <laughs> We like, might rubbish your little story, but we might be kind as well. And we'll probably be kind because we're generally kind. Yeah, we're kind. Yeah. So tell me, Mish, I mm. mean, we both love food. We mm. both love cookbooks. We've just eaten some good food. Oh, my God. Like, poor you, everybody, because I've just eaten this incredible cassoulet with the best sausages that I've ever eaten. And it's a sausage like no other sausage. Yeah, well, no and that's something. At all. That's something. So I'd like to give a big. This is all flesh. I'd lo- oh god. I'd like to give a big shout out to my dear friend Susie Campbell. I, I'm shouting out to Susie too. Yeah, God, we love her and her husband thanks, Paul Hurd. And thanks, Paul too. Yeah, because they've started a fantastic business called Indigo Valley Lamb, and yes. they were the last bits. From the from the pack that I got from them, how good was it? I'm getting a pack. Yeah, all right, let's get it. Yeah. Lamb, lamb, lamb. It was delicious. Oh, amazing. Anyway, tell me, where does food fit for you, Mishy, in your whole shtick, in your whole life, family? Where does where food does it is, live? Is almost my number one. I mean, I come from European stock of yep. Viennese and Polish, so over here. Like there's, we're like eating. there's the story already, yeah, of Peroshki and you know incredible stroganoff and wow. My, both my grandmothers were incredible cooks, and you know our family memories were oh where'd you go on your holiday? It wasn't where'd you go on your holidays? What Remember did when you we ate? ate? <laughs> <laughs> See, I won't go anywhere on holiday where the food shit. <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going. No. And they're rare events when it's shit, isn't it? Because we do sick. And it can be simple. It can be the cheese that's dripping off the bench at the market in Provence or something. Yeah. Or it can be the bratwurst at Victoria Market. It doesn't yeah. matter. But if the yeah. brat, if the vice first it doesn't have the crunchy bits, yeah, not you're not going to eat it. No. So it's, it's not about the complexity. It's just the quality. Yeah. Yeah. But don't you reckon food has huge memory value? You know, it brings back memories. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So t- what about your food memories? Ah, oh, well, pick a country or something. You're <laughs> 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 you smart ass because <laughs> I've been to so many. <laughs> no, memories of food. I mean, memory is, you know, it, we sat around the table. We had a round yeah. dining table. We sat around the table. You know, do you remember? Do you remember the introduction of avocados in our oh, life? Oh my god! Right, and if yeah. you were, ha- oh, we're having avocado vinaigrette tonight. How special! Yeah, yeah. Our kids eat them dime a dozen now. I know. Don't even think that they were special. Right. And I remember my grandmother used to call kiwi fruit Chinese gooseberries. <laughs> 
Yeah, but do you know actually what a Chinese gooseberry is? No. Oh, so a Chinese gooseberry is actually a smaller fruit that doesn't have a furry skin. Right. And um, in fact, a sort of almost, uh, or it's almost transparent and it's tangier. It's tangy. So they just, you know, appropriated Chinese good fruit, no, I, gooseberry I to describe kiwi fruit. Too, but in fact, yeah. Did you, like, so what about your memories? And, you know, did you have rituals around food? Did you, was food a big part of your family? Yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't say. My mother wasn't a great cook. She didn't love cooking, but my, but both of my grandmothers were quite good cooks. Mm. But I would say I remember for my birthdays, it was always special and it was always special food. So my auntie used to make the most incredible lemon chicken, right? Mm. Remember the Women's Weekly Chinese cookbook? She was very good at that. And she would make this delicious, delicious. With the crispy skin. And oh, everything. God, it was good. And so every birthday we would always have all of the family over for dinner, which is what I've done with my kids too. Yeah. And that's lovely. Yeah. Uh, and lemon chicken was always on the menu. So, and there'd be a homemade chocolate cake and there might be a lasagna. My mum used to make great lasagna. Did you hang around the kitchen much? Like uh, as a teenager or do you have memories <coughs> of hanging around the kitchen? No, I, I can't say I do. But I learnt to cook very early because when I was 14 or 15, my mum got sick and she used to have to go off and have chemotherapy and she was very unwell and she my parents had split up at that time. And her best friend was an amazing woman um, and she was an artist and she's also a wonderful cook and she travelled the world and she taught me how to cook. So she would come home with my mum after chemo and stay with us for the night because, you know, they're just in shit shape. And she would teach – she was the one. Stella was the one who actually taught me how to cook. Is Stella still alive? No, she passed some years ago but Matilda – her name was Stella May and Matilda's – one of Matilda's middle names is May because she was just such a special woman and she shared with me things like Charmaine Solomon's Indian Aww. cookbook and she used to make her own curry pastes and mm. she'd make her own raita and, yeah. you know, like, and she was just incredible. So she was the one who yeah, really, really inspired my love of food mm. and because she was such an interesting woman, you know, we used to cook together after, mm. after long after my mum died. I I spent mm. a lot of time with her. She was like my surrogate mum. You know, mm. I'd give her flowers on Mother's Day and all that stuff. And she really was the one who inspired my interest in food, I've got to say. What happens next is anyone's guess. And is that such a bad thing? Kath and Mish. From the hip. See, I, I spent a lot of time hanging around the kitchen and we had you'd corner benches so I'd perch myself up on the bench and yep. I'd be reciting my times table or you something. You got So diligent. <laughs> Fluffing around the kitchen. And we had these fabulous drawers that were metal lined and one was flour and one was sugar. Oh, wow. Fantastic in the, you know, and, and timber cabinets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I distinctly remember them and, oh, and the, the, the graduation to getting a rotisserie. Oh, a rotisserie? Oh, what, in the oven? A rotisserie that sat on the bench and you could have rotisserie chicken. Oh, my God. Oh, that That's modern. Gourmet. Very sure. Very gourmet. Because mum mum's an incredible cook, so I've learned a lot from her. And it, you learn by osmosis, that hanging yeah. around the kitchen, yeah. which is what my children haven't done as much in that hanging around. And I'm, I say to them, Hang around because you're going to pick it up just by hanging around. Do your kids have the same love of food? Have you imbued that in them? 
Uh, yeah, I think uh, certainly Ash. Ash is going to be the cook yep. of the family. Um, and look, what I did with uh, uh, Zars, okay, being the first child, I did a bit of that graduated food introduction. By the time Ash came around, I was like, just eat whatever. She was eating, <laughs> I don't know, some mincy thing at, I don't know, a couple of months old. Oh, stop that. <laughs> None of this strawberry phobia or whatever with the other. Just get it in here. Just get it. And she, she has loved food from day dot. Right. So, yeah, and they eat, you know, they eat a variety. They're good. They're good eaters. You can take them anywhere. I reckon you can create monsters, though, because my kids love oysters and prawns. Because big food memory for our family was when we have spent many, many, many holidays up at Avoca Beach in New South Wales with our dear friend Susie. And so we always used to cook. So when people go, oh, you go on holidays, do you go out for dinner and stuff? I go, nah. We just loved it. Yeah, yeah. Because we would we'd hold competitions about, oh. you know, dishes of the week. And, yeah. Uh, but one of the things that we used to do there was pick up, you know, a million oysters and do them three ways. So that is a thing. That is a thing in our family. What are the three ways? Oysters three ways. Natural. Natural, obviously. Mm, Angus best. particularly loves it with a little fleur de sel vinegar. So, you know, mm. we've created monsters, mm. French vinegar. And then we do um, Kilpatrick and Mornay. And I know oyster lovers go, you should never cook oysters. Mm. But it was the way of getting our kids into them. And Mm. God, let me tell you, haven't lost them. That's a good thing. They love it. I love an oyster. Oh, I love an oyster. Have you um, you ever actually fished for oysters off rocks? No. That's a pretty special experience. It was an incredible 10-day walk I did out of Broome on country, which was another whole story. And, of course, with these two arms of an Indigenous family. Yeah. And um, at one of the locations we were at, you know, you go out to uh, some rocks and with the fishing arm of the family and they're all just, you know, throwing a bloody bit of cotton thread in and hauling in fishes. What? Fishes. Fish. (laughs) (laughs) And there were these tiny oysters on the rock. So you just get your other bigger rock and smash them. It's a fabulous thing to do. But opening oysters is tough. I mean, I remember buying a, you know, chain mail glove <laughs> and an oyster knife <laughs> for my ex, which was just really <laughs> weird. That's <laughs> just part of your other shtick, really. It's just, <laughs> you know. Chain mail <laughs> Shut up. Oh, hello, I use this for oysters. No, not really. <laughs> not really. But get shucking. Have you got a favourite cookbook? My go-to will be Otto Lenghi. Yep. Probably simple now. Oh. I love Jerusalem, but I love simple because it's simple. Mm. And, you know, he was obviously directed to make his food simple because unless you're a cook, you would end up with 50 pots in the kitchen. Well, the I, former one of the greatest dishes that I have ever cooked, Otolenghi mm. dish, and it's called uh, chicken pastilla, and it's like a phyllo pastry chicken thing mm. that took two days to make. Mm. It was absolutely sensational. Mm. But honestly, you know what? You've got to have a lot of time on your hands. You do. Oh, or you have to just be – you have to be adaptive. I mean, Stephanie's original oh, yeah. Cook's companion, companion is oh. pretty well thumbed. Yep, go to. I do love Luke Nguyen's Vietnam. So after oh. we travelled in Vietnam, I thought the food was just extraordinary. Oh, oh my God. Memory, memory, memory. Mm. It just – Beautiful, fresh, mm. delicious stuff. So I bought Luke Nguyen's Vietnam when I came home and I've cooked quite a few things from that and salt and pepper tofu and, mm. oh, chilli prawns and, oh, 
gorgeous, gorgeous, mm. gorgeous things. I mean, obviously, food holds great memories for us. What's your greatest food memory? Because, I mean, you've lived in Japan and you've done different things. I've got to tell you, I'm going to tell you about three, actually. I'm not going to give you one. Okay. Can I tell you three? Yeah. Okay, so they differ. I'm going to say hands down, my favourite restaurant experience is actually only I experienced that, was it? Started this year, I think, is Templo in Hobart. Okay. Exquisite, tiny restaurant yeah. and degustacion, but just actually faultless. Yeah. It's also a restaurant where they don't have a coffee machine. Why? They don't want to be making people coffee. They just make the food and they make really yummy drinks. Yeah. And you just eat this exquisite food, which is perfectly proportioned, incredible flavours, not fussy, but the thing where, you know, the difference between a cook and a chef, yeah. where they will dice a cucumber in that dish and it will be, what, tiny, you know, two meal square sort of thing. Yeah. But that texture is, mm. it's a memorable thing. Yeah. Beautiful. Incredible. The second one was on a trip driving back down from New South Wales and we just sort of moseyed on into a building site that faced um, a beautiful ocean beach, had bought mud crab and yeah. a bottle of champagne and sat on this deck and cracked open the mud crab and watched surfers, but not only surfers, watched dolphins surfing. Oh, God. So, you know, See, that sort it's of, evocative. It's, yeah, exactly. So it's what you attribute to it, isn't it? Yeah. And then thirdly was when I experienced hummus in Jerusalem. Oh, yeah, I can imagine that. So have you seen that movie Breaking Bread? No, you have to see it. I've told you about that. No, I haven't seen it. Incredible movie of a, the woman who won Israeli MasterChef, which right. I didn't even think of MasterChef anywhere than Melbourne. Yeah, right. <laughs> Expand your mind, Rish. It's a franchise. Palestinian woman. Yeah, right. And she said about setting up a festival in Haifa, and Haifa is the city in Israel, which is the sort of confluence of all the religions, which is sort of this place of harmony. It's known as this place of harmony. So a literal melting pot. Literal melting pot. And the festival was matching Jewish and non-Jewish chefs together. Mm. And hummus is, I mean, I think hummus is just the sort of peace flag in the Middle East. Yes, to die for. See, I remember a piece of pizza in Rome. Yeah. Yeah, You know, at one of those little holes in the wall. Could be train station sort of thing. It could be. It could be. Exactly. I I reckon, though, I remember we went to um, Italy for our honeymoon and we went to Vin Italy. Right, which is the big wine fair in Verona, Mm. and so of course you're eating just amazing. Verona with the Capulets, yeah, I know Mm. Montagues and Capulets. We saw them, you know, Juliet Balcony. Mm. Oh, hello. Anyway, we sat down at this table, and the first course was homemade ricotta cheese. I will never forget the taste of that. It was. Freshly made, it was still warm, so it was in like a little tian, you know, it was a tiny little mouldy thing. Mm. Not mouldy, but, you know, in a mould that they put on your plate. And it was seasoned with just salt and pepper and a bit of drizzle of olive oil Mm. and some little micro herbs on the top. Oh, my God. So creamy or light and fluffy? Light and fluffy, Mm. warm. But the flavour. Oh, just. And the perfect seasoning like just enough salt and pepper just enough Mm. olive oil enough of the herbs the beautiful bread Mm. oh my god i'll never forget that so do you think it's sort of do you think the i mean it's a two-way street isn't it does the setting and the environment imbue the food it's two-way street isn't it well i think it's an emotional thing 
Mm. You know, I mean, you can eat beautiful food in a restaurant be having a shit time. True. And, and it doesn't, you know, doesn't register. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I reckon it is, it is the, the marrying of good times. Yeah. You know, there's, there, it's emotional, it's, a, you know, it's emotive, yeah. it's beautiful food, you can appreciate the technique, you can appreciate the effort that someone's put into it. Yeah. You're looking out on vineyards in Italy. Yeah. You're going, fuck, life's pretty good, right? Yeah. So I, I just think, I think food is really connected with good times. By the time I get to Phoenix, they'll be rising. Kath and Mish, from the hip. I don't need to gorge on anything anymore. Do you know what I mean? I just, mm. I used to be obsessed with food and I used to just eat constantly and mm. consequently I was a very big girl. Whereas now I just enjoy the flavour and I still enjoy cooking for people as much as eating it. Because oh, yeah. cooking for me right. yeah. is how I show my love and care. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I started our dinner last night though. Oh. See? Love and oh. care. Love and care. What about love and care? It sure is. What about, let's go to um, weirdest things you've ever eaten. Um, weirdest things. Well, you know, I mean, frog's legs are pretty straightforward, I suppose. I don't think I've ever eaten frog's legs. Oh, have you? No. Oh, they're delicious. Are frog's they? legs are and they? snails. No, I don't like snails. I like the garlic butter, but I do not like snails. Yeah, and no, I don't, I don't like mind chicken s- feet either. Oh, yeah. Do you like chicken feet? No. But, so I don't mind a snail. Mm. Yeah, I could eat a snail. Tripe? No. Or uh, haggis had haggis in scotland you see that's the other thing yeah, you would never eat no. haggis yeah. at home i yeah. never go hey kids tonight guess what we're having mm. but when you're in a mm. castle in scotland mm. and you're surrounded by beautiful blokes in kilts with no undies on it's pretty is it the sheep li- what is the sheep lining? okay so it's no, the lining the of the sheep's stomach sheep's stomach isn't that tripe though no so they use the lining of the sheep's stomach as mm. the kind of casing oh. and then they make the stuff that goes in it and it's all liver and this and that and a lot of blood. oat and bloods and oats yeah. and yeah but in scotland it's bloody delicious mm. probably goes with the climate too yeah yeah. yeah. No, I loved having haggis in Scotland. Yeah. It was fun. You know the old Bix pickles? Do you remember Bix pickles? Yeah. yeah. And the big jars? We never had that big a jar. Okay, so we had this big jar. You're which, European, though. Uh, yeah, and how, oh, probably European supermarket or something in the yeah, 70s. Yeah. So we had this sort of weird bar, in, you know, the cane bar in the house, which I remember. Yeah. Like I was four, four and five. And also in that room was the little bright orange black and white telly on yep. which we used to watch the rookies but apart from that god yeah but in this jar on the top of the bar sat icambillas and it, there was it was like the probably mum and dad's beer snacks or something or you yeah know, right sherry snacks and um <laughs> cocktail hour snacks yeah and so icambillas and i'd go in and you know grab handfuls of the icambillas which is you know when you now go to i don't know somewhere like mamak or whatever and order the nazi lemak yeah Oh, See, because that's the thing too. When See, you memories, eat food memories. as children, yeah, they're the sensory stuff, isn't it? And that's that's the resonance. I know. I just think it's fabulous. I just think that connection between food and emotion mm. and memory is such a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Hey, one more question mm. for you though, mm. Art Girl. Mm. What do you do? Your worlds of food and art ever kind of collide? Yeah, they do. 
The uh, Hotham Street Ladies, who are a group of women who do art on the side and they create sculpture with icing sugar. Incredible. Really? Incredible creation. They've been at NGV and, you know, they were, I think they're in Melbourne now and did this great piece at, at um, Fed Square. Anyway, they're worth looking up, Hotham, uh, Hotham Street Ladies. But I was fortunate to be invited to an exhibition put on the, by the Jewish Museum in 2004 called Precious Platters. Right. To which they invited a whole plethora of people. And we were all given a custom wood sort of platter that yep. was the raw product and then you created whatever you did on that. So I made this sculpture called The Seven Platters of Precious Memories and I chose seven because the Jewish encyclopedia regards seven as the most sacred number. Is that right? It's also the number of the days of the week. Yeah. Planets. Wow. Um, and also was totaled the number of my parents, both my sets of grandparents, and me. And so I created this sort of um, multi-layered sculpture where I collected various dishes yeah. and then layered them. And so I had things like there was, you know, mum's – did you have French onion dip? Yeah. Cream cheese and French onion yeah, soup, yeah. yeah. So that was one of them. Yeah. Uh, another one was my grandfather's hulla plate, so wow. what he'd used to eat hulla on. Another one was like dad's, you know, the enamel camping – breakfast plate yeah you know camping trips yep another one was oh you know we'd go every sunday we went to my grandparents house and that was like the pre-dinner platter and so you'd have you know a whole sort of viennese delight spectacular thing alongside <laughs> Nana's little open container of uh stuyvesant red ciggies because <laughs> you want those on a platter and that's my style of course as you grew older you're allowed to have a ciggy and then Oh, um, and then God. the net, what was the other one? Oh, my other grandmother, she used to, we used to make these puff pastry, sugar pastries things. That was another one. One of my grandfathers made pickles, incredible pickles. Yep. And so I laid them up. And then the final one was the uh, Zaza's first bowl for her first food, yep. which was organic rice cereal, right? But we were, we were semi camping. It wasn't cooked, it was just pulpit. <laughs> Cold water. Oh, that's <laughs> so it's hideous. A sort of but this whole sort of, you know, so it created this history of your family. Yeah, and then all the platters were auctioned, and Mira Freeman, in fact, bought mine. Who oh, God, no. Was quite a food celebrity. I've got to say, I'm not good at the plating up. My friend Susie, in Evoca, is very good plater. I'm good at the season. flavors. I'm a very good seasoner. I'm not so good. Oh, at, I'm not so good exactly. at the plating up because we're both salt fiends. Oh, salt fiends! As, how know. many how many salts have you got in your kitchen? I don't have multiple salts. Oh, and I don't can do you? Da- I can do whatever salt, but it just needs salt. No, oh, I'm I've not. got about four or five. I know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not. French and what else? Have no, you got? You don't. And oh, Jesus! Yeah, pink, molden. Oh, molden's good. Flakes. Yeah, molden's good. Yeah. Well, so, so that's mm, been lovely, hasn't it? Been nice. We we might share some recipes one day. Maybe we should, but I do think we should ask people to go to our Facebook page mm. or on Instagram and just share your food memories. Yeah. Put up a photo. Yeah, let's talk about it because I I reckon some of my greatest recipes have been shared. I've got a whole folder of oh, just bits I've got of the folder. Yeah, too. got the folder. And Matilda said to me the other day, she goes, yeah. "Mum, when I move out, will yeah. you make me a book?" Yeah, and I said. 
said, yeah, I'll make you a book of your favourite recipes. Yeah. You know, the corned beef and the bloody yeah, da-da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Susie's mum's recipe for mayonnaise and, yeah. you know, all handwritten. Absolutely. Gorgeous. Yeah. Precious stuff. Precious. Precious. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, you're precious, darling. So are you. I think it's time for us to go. Let's go. Okay. Bye. Bye. From the Hip is a weekly podcast featuring Kath and Mish for and on behalf of From the Hip Enterprises, recorded in the studios of From the Hip. You can subscribe and find more episodes of From the Hip at fromthehip.live. On Instagram at fromthehip underscore podcast, search for From the Hip on Facebook and download wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. Until next time, stay sound, stay steady, stay hip. Thank you.